This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to a brand new season of Total Saints Podcast, going to the heart of all things Saints FC. Yes, after a time for even less time than Take That did, as my wife put it, Steve, Glenn and myself are delighted to be back in your ears. Before we officially get going again, following on from TSP125A, we just wanted to say a massive, massive thank you to everyone who encouraged us to carry on and, more importantly, showed further support to us by becoming TSP patrons via patreon.com slash Podcast. We'll come on to talk about a couple of updates in a minute, but ahead of that, Glenn, welcome back. You ready for another season of Following Saints? How many about years 400. is it now? Um, <laughs> yeah, it feels that way. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, it's... It's going to be slightly strange, uh, strange one for me. Um, I put it out on Twitter. My uh, my dad, who I've been going to games with mm. since 1975, um, has decided that he's not going to not going to go this year because of uh, fears over the uh, the whole COVID situation. So uh, so that's going to be a bit of an old one for me. But um, I could probably, yeah. you know, count on count on two hands the games that. I've gone to that he's not been there so it's going to be a bit odd and I'm, I'm going to have to be the responsible yeah. adult now out yeah. of the group which is going to be a bit of a challenge <laughs> but uh, but um, yeah I'm sure it'll be okay but uh, it's uh, it's just one of those things that uh, comes to us all I guess yeah so I look forward to the season from a from a Saints point of view and uh, yeah bring it on well hopefully they'll give um, give him some good results to yeah. uh, celebrate at home anyway and Steve like myself it, it must be around the early sort of 30 plus years for you I, I was working out I think this is my 34th season following Saints so uh, yeah, this uh, love of our lives. So, from your point of view, Steve, what excitement, fear, anticipation, trepidation—a bit of all of them. How does it feel um, when you start a new season nowadays? Of, yeah, and I, I wouldn't say for, for the first time in quite a while, actually, I wouldn't say fear is one of those one of the adjectives to use. It's it's been <laughs> a it's been a very strange sort of tranquil few weeks. I think we've we kind of look as if we've we kind of actually have some sort of vague sense of direction now. I mean, I'm sure by the time full time comes around at Sellers Park in a couple of weeks, we'll be, um, <laughs> yeah, it'll be, um, um, oh, be every, everyone out, get, um, sack, sack the board, sack everybody. No, it's, it's, it's one of those times where I think clubs are going to be cut a lot of slack for things that happen both on and off the field, um, because of the situation. And I think ultimately the, the clubs that come out best, um, from this sort of slightly weird period are going to be the ones that, that have kind of that have prepared themselves the best. And I think it'll be interesting to see how how we kind of hit the ground running, given that I mean, the number of friendlies is obviously going to be pretty much limited to one, to two or three at the very, very most. And they're likely to be 
kind of just training exercises really rather than actual um full blown games as we saw with the um slightly odd scenario of the uh, of that Swansea game yesterday. Yeah, indeed. I I think you're right. I think we do all arrive with a, a bit of optimism for for this season, which is probably a worry in itself, isn't it? But uh, I think uh, you know it doesn't normally take long for that to wear off as you say. I, I was looking at the stats the other day. I think it's two opening day wins in 21 Premier League attempts, so that may have something to do with it. And we we all know that that was Coventry away and uh, West Brom away, of course. Um but anyway, speaking of uh, TSP regulars, we're also delighted to announce that the Athletics dedicated Saints reporter Dan Sheldon has also agreed to become a regular weekly guest on the pod as well this season. It means he can officially become part of our TSP 2020-21 Prediction League and also join our TSP FPL League, which has meant me going on at him for the last couple of weeks to try and get a team uh, sorted down, which I think you've finally done. But uh, always looking up FC. I, I saw it had uh, entered into the league this week. So, uh, yeah, obviously fully subscribed. And you told me that you're really into your FPL, Dan. Yeah, even and all. Yeah, I, I mean, I love it. I live for FPL. I mean, I've got FPL tattoos. All up my arm, you know, it's just, it's the best. Um, no, I, I never do it. I do it for about a week or two, then kind of forget about it. And then I, I thought I did a really good team. I thought, oh, this team is really good. And then I forgot that Man City and Man United aren't playing for the first week. And I was like, I'm not changing it now. <laughs> so I've just left it. No, That's a good no, point. Okay. Well, I'm you sure just reminded be, uh, me of that. I'm and I've sure. just, just yeah. taken a look at my team and I've got like <laughs> four players available for the weekend. Okay. <laughs> Well, uh, even with four players, I'm sure they'll do better than transfers uh, Arthur Wimps did. Anyway, but uh, look, I mean, firstly, Dan, thanks for agreeing to come on TSP this season. We look forward to, obviously, your insight on Ralph, the team and the club. And, uh, you know, we'll chat properly about the athletic move later in the uh, the pod. But have you managed to get a bit of uh, a break yourself and sort of recharge over the, the short and summer period ahead of starting the new job? Yeah, it was really nice, actually. I had two weeks off at the, the start of August, so I managed to get away for a week um, with my girlfriend to go and see her family. So that was nice. And then I was back in England for a week and went to see some friends up north. That was cold. But aside from that, yeah, it was nice to kind of switch off, recharge the batteries ahead of getting my feet under the desk at the Athletic. Yeah, no, brilliant. And uh, look, I mean, obviously we know you're not a Saints fan, but we know you'll be as passionate about us as them doing well this season. So as a journalist, can you get excited or do you have to sort of try and stay level-headed? You know, sometimes I think it's hard not to get excited. I mean, Project Restart was obviously, you know, a brilliant moment for the team and you kind of rude the the season ending when it did. Um, But, you know, I think they've, I think they've managed to carry that momentum into the summer and obviously played that game against Swansea. I mean, obviously Swansea are in the championship, but they still put seven goals past them, which is impressive. So, yeah, I think everyone should have a little bit of excitement. Um, but like Steve referred to earlier, let's see what the mood is like after Palace away and then take it from there. No, absolutely, yeah. Well, look, in this pod, as uh, it's the start of the new season, is still a, a couple of weeks away. We're going to chat through a few different things. We'll be covering off a, a general look towards the new Premier League season. We're going to reflect on the Saints fixture list briefly. We're going to chat about the ins and outs at Saints as well and get stands you on them player-wise. And uh, we're also going to predict our Premier League winners, our uh, relegation zone uh, threesome and uh, our where we think Saints will finish as well. As I mentioned previously, we'll also have a chat to Dan about his new role with The Athletic and what Saints fans and football fans in general can expect if they subscribe to his work on there. We're hoping to finalise a couple of new announcements features in the next couple of weeks, but do have a handful of others to share on this episode as well, including signposting our brand new website, www.totalsaints.co.uk. Now, I mentioned earlier that our TSP patrons had made a phenomenal difference to us over the last two or three weeks, signing up to show their support to TSP, while some are previous patrons who've re-signed which we're very grateful for there's also been a number of you who are new we always tend to give our TSP patrons a shout out when they sign up to Patreon and would like to start the new season the same way now we're just over 80 at time of recording which is a a tremendous effort so thank you very much so what we'll do is uh, we'll do a shout out to a third of them this week and then a third next week and a third the week after just so we're not rattling through 80 names this time around but uh, Steve I think you have the first batch if you're okay to sort of run through the first list of names of people that have been kind enough to sign up yes my my list includes the following Giorgio Spargagna Dean Thompson Hayden Sharples James Parsons Dave Ernsberger Glenn Hansen Nick Hinkston Robert Leadham John Goss Matthew Lomas Dan Gateshill Greg Housen and Andrew Kingston brilliant nice work and uh, Glenn you've got a list as well I do. It contains John Fisher, Alex Hart, Jamie Pragnell, Nick Reed, Daniel Crouch, Mark Atkins, Mark with a C, I'm sure that's very important to him, <laughs> Matthew Kemp, Tom McCann, Barry Godwin, Richard Brereton, Matt Cooper, Alistair Downs. And Mark Baker. Brilliant, Glenn. Nice work. And uh, as we said, a really big thank you to all of you. 
and we'll be going through the rest of the names over the next couple of weeks. Right, let's get on with the pod in partnership with saintsworld.co.uk and underpinned by our amazing TSP patrons. This is TSP126. This is the Total Saints Podcast with Ben Stanfield, Steve Grant, Glenn Dillacore and the Athletics' Dan Sheldon. So the new Premier League campaign has been finalised despite logistical challenges with coronavirus. Watford, Bournemouth and Norwich have been replaced by Leeds United, West Bromwich Albion and Fulham. Um, all in all, Dan, when you look at the 20 Premier League sides for this year, do you see a good balance of clubs that will sort of vie for particular parts of the league, or do you think it's still going to be essentially a them six and us 14? That's a tough, that's tough to answer. I think it's probably still going to be a them six and the rest of the 14. Although, you know, I'd like to see what Wolves will be able to do again, whether they can kick on. Leeds will be an interesting team to watch. I think, you know, I think they could do quite well. They're obviously made a fairly big signing this week and they're already talking about making another fairly decent signing so that'd be good to keep an eye on them but yeah I mean I think it's you know just the way that, that the Premier League has been in recent seasons suggests that it's going to be the top six and then scraps for everyone else yeah and Steve look obviously that red lot in the northwest uh, ran away with the title last season but do you see them doing it again or do you think it's uh, you know potentially going to be a, a more closely fought title um I don't think they'll run away with it in the same way that they did last season mainly because I think the challengers will be slightly more consistent um I don't see that City could possibly lose nine games again um next season I think Chelsea from an attacking perspective will be better but still defensively I think there's there's still a lot of question marks there I think Lampard doesn't really know what he's doing uh, defensively but um that'll make that'll make them fun to watch I think Liverpool don't seem to have they haven't had seem to have quite the same edge about them since basically since they since they won the league since City lost that game at Chelsea uh, back in Christ when was that mid, mid to late June yep. um, and the games since then have kind of lacked a little bit of intensity they weren't great against Arsenal in the community shield I mean I know it's kind of a glorified friendly but it's it's usually a half decent barometer for, for how teams how teams are shaping up and it's it's interesting that Arsenal did actually look quite uh, quite good in that although I mean again defensively they don't fill you with any sort of confidence so I think there is there's going to be competition up there, but I would still expect Liverpool to to probably just about take the spoils because um, City haven't improved the the area of their team that needs that needs the most improvement yet. Yeah, I think um, yeah, I think you're right. It's, uh, obviously, Chelsea have made some really high-profile signings, and as as Leeds, um, as Dan mentioned there, you know, with Leeds, I, I really like Robin Cock. I think he was at Freiburg, wasn't he? And he looked really good in the Bundesliga last season. But uh, from a, a Saints point of view, Glenn, focusing on them, um, you know, Ralph and the team have to be setting out for, what, trying to do better than last season, so try and finish in the top ten and, and improve on that? Or do you think it is just a case of, going back to our first questions about following Saints for so many years, just focusing on trying to get to 40 points as quickly as we can? Well, it, it shouldn't be. I mean, you know, you... You'd be, uh, shall we say, unwise to predict us finishing in the top six, but we, we've got to aim for seventh. That's where we got to aim for. I know it's a, it's a thing that we used to talk about a few years ago, finishing the best of the rest. Now, in order to finish seventh, we've got to finish above the likes of Wolves, West Ham, Everton, you know, clubs who traditionally have more money to throw around than we do. Um, so we've got to look to finish above those. Um, what I'd like from Saints this season is to basically not just sneak into the top half at the end, which is kind of what we've been aiming to do before, but to be there for the vast majority of the season. You know, I, I think we, we don't want to be making a horrific start like we normally do and be in bottom of the league in October. You know, we, I would really like to see us being mid-table and above for the whole season, kind of similar to where Sheffield United were for most of the last season. I know they fell away a bit at the end, but... I, you know, I really, I really think with the with the players we've got, the fact that we're settled, the manager that we've got, we really should be, you know, not looking at the bottom of the half of the Premier League much this season 
if at all, other than to laugh at other teams' misfortunes, which is which is always fun, obviously. You know, I'm certainly looking for us to, to be around the top half for the whole of the season. Yeah, and just before we do our predictions, Dan, um, I suppose the other challenge, of course, that lots of clubs are going through, Chelsea seem to be the uh, the odd one out here because they're obviously spending a lot of money. But, of course, we couldn't start the first season uh, pod without mentioning the C word, coronavirus. And I imagine for lots of clubs, you know, we've heard Martin Simmons talk about it, for example, the transfer budgets and things like that. Clubs are going to be, you know, really, really careful throughout the Premier League, probably on who they're spending their money on and investing their money in yeah absolutely and I think you know in relative terms I think it's actually been quite quiet this summer on a minus Chelsea on the transfer front but I do I get the impression that you know there'll probably be a flurry of like activity towards the end as you know everyone kind of loses sight of trying to remain financially sound and then think oh well, let's just throw money at it you know if we stay up we'll get more money next season um, but Chelsea I mean they were in a good position because they had that transfer ban and they were sat on money that they received for Hazard Morata so they've been able to go out and spend take full advantage of that uh, and I did actually have Chelsea to win the league but then I remembered they've, who, who they have in goal and I quickly put them to third <laughs> <laughs> no, no you're right and uh, yeah I was just looking here so I think the, the summer transfer window ends on the 5th of October doesn't it so there'll be basically what three or four weeks probably from when the, the season starts for clubs to sort of still you know look at their squad and I, I think you know it was interesting last summer obviously the the window finished pretty much just before the, the season starts and it doesn't give you that sort of flexibility if you get off to a bad start like Saints did or those sort of things so yeah it'll obviously be interesting to see how clubs uh, do with that but uh, look I mean focusing on the, the Premier League we'll come on to talk about Saints later then but if we if we sort of give our Premier League winners first then Dan who do you reckon is going to win the Premier League this season then? Man City Man City cool um, Steve you reckon Liverpool? Unfortunately yes yeah, Fair enough Glenn anyone else? I I think I'll burst into a ball of flame if I predict if I say I think Liverpool will win it I just couldn't deal with that two years running so um, Manchester City are the only team that are going to stop them but as as Steve said, you know they've still got some of the same problems that, as last year. I mean Nathan Ake won't make a huge difference. I wouldn't have thought he's kind of a squad player for them. I suppose if if he plays at left back, that might sort out one of their obvious weaknesses. But I think it'll be tough. It'll be tough for City. They won't lose as many games as last year. But um, I I hope that City win it yeah no, fair enough I, I wrote down here City as well because I said I, I simply can't say them lot uh, and obviously it's going to be a lot harder for them lot uh, once Coman takes VVD to Barcelona I'm sure but uh, I think uh, yeah Chelsea obviously look exciting don't they but I think as you said Steve I totally agree in terms of defensively uh, I can't necessarily see them uh, keeping lots of clean sheets um, in terms of the other end of the table then um, Steve what do you reckon in terms of uh, early sort of th- season thoughts on the bottom three for me, the three that are going down are going to be West Brom, Fulham, and then, I mean, probably pick one from four. I think Newcastle probably still going to be looking over their shoulders. They can't get as lucky as they did last season. I mean, how they finished, when they finished, what, 14th? Something like that, yeah. Um, and, I mean, they hugely outperformed all the stats and just completely fluked their way to to that finish and were never in any real relegation danger despite everything saying that they should have been um so i think newcastle could struggle beyond that i, th- I mean leeds will start start strongly and tail off and it will just be a case of whether they've got enough points on the board um initially i think they'll probably be fine and then you kind of look at the usual suspects burnley palace palace have strengthened quite well i think with Ezzy coming in i think he he gives them something else other than just give the ball to Zaha. <laughs> but, yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot of much of a muchness, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, Villa are still going to be rubbish as well. Yeah. So, yeah, pick pick one from them. All right, so you've gone Probably with about ten Villa. sides there. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll <laughs> no, fair enough. So, West Brom yeah. and Fulham. Well, look, I, I'm going to jump in there because that's exactly how I wrote down. I wrote down Villa, Fulham and West Brom, even though Fulham are obviously going to have uh, you know, a real relegation battler in Mario Lamina in their midfield. But uh, what I uh, would say is that I think Sheffield United will just have enough fight and then I think Leeds will have a bit like Sheffield United did last season. They'll have that sort of uh, flurry. But, um, Dan, what do you reckon in terms of bottom three this season? Fulham, I think, will come last, which is obviously bad news for Saints because Lamina will be heading back to Stapewood <laughs> next summer. Uh, then our, Charlie Austin's West Brom are going to come 19th. And then, yeah, Villa. I just can't see yeah. Villa staying up next next season, nah. especially if they lose Grealish. Totally, no, nah, totally agree. Glenn, anyone different? So we've all gone with those three then. I'm going with Fulham and West Brom. Um, and and I'm, I'm 
going for the team I hope go down. No, Portsmouth. I actually think Brighton. <laughs> I actually think Brighton will go down. Yeah. I think, uh, Brighton. Yeah, I think Brighton are terrible. Yeah. I, I still don't think they're any better than they they were under Chris Hughton, really. Um, I feel they were lucky to stay up last year. Um, I think they'll go down. Um, I really hope Burnley go down. I mm. hope there's some sort of implosion there. Can't stand, can't stand the way they play. Can't yeah. stand the fact they always beat us. <laughs> and and they're they're just they're just a horrible throwback to 90s Wimbledon. And uh, yeah, I hope they go down and keep going. Yeah, there's so many clubs that I think Everton and all those sort of clubs that we just love to. If you could send like six or seven teams down, oh, that would God, be if good. Everton yeah. never went down, that would be the most amazing <laughs> thing ever. Exactly, exactly. But uh, uh, brilliant stuff. So look, before we uh, finish with a, a look at the uh, sort of various Saints news and things like that, then uh, a chat about the um, some Mary's ins and outs and giving our predicted Saints finishes. Let's speak to, to you, Dan, about the the move to the Athletic. Um, obviously, you've been there what a couple of weeks now. Um, you know, you must be really excited by it. Yeah, 100 percent. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, working for the for the Echo and working alongside Adam was obviously a, a privilege. And then to kind of take over the Saints coverage when he left and become, you know, their full time Saints guy was obviously an honour as well. I mean, there's not I think there's been about five guys who have held that role in the last 50 or so years. So, you know, I always counted myself lucky to to do that. But, you know, Adam's been on here and said before, I think I've said about, you know, the state of local papers really i mean they are struggling um, when the athletic sort of initially made contact it was you know yeah that that could work i'd be interested in that because i had a conversation with them and you know they talk to you and tell you what their kind of vision is you bounce ideas off them and you think well actually yeah and, you know the, the best part of our job is speaking to contacts speaking to people and at the echo because of the you know you're on your own you've got a suburb newspaper populate a website you kind of don't have that time to sit back and speak to the people you want to speak to mm. so that was the main selling point really for me at the athletic it was well actually you know you'll have sit you'll have time to sort of sit back and speak to your contacts i mean don't get me wrong that doesn't mean i'm sat down monday to friday with my feet up it's still bloody hard work uh, it's a completely different kind of pressure yeah uh, it's a good pressure but no yeah something that i'm you know two weeks in it's obviously still very new still very exciting um at the moment I'm glad I've made the move. I'm sure in six months I'll be really happy I've made the move and then hopefully in a year I'll look back and think that was the best thing I've done. Yeah, yeah. You know, to kind of work with, you know, the writers that I always sort of looked up to when I was going through uni and when I was just reading papers as a kid is is quite something. You know, if you want to kind of speak to Wally K about something, you can just pick up the phone and speak to Wally K. I mean, that might not mean anything to, you know, regular listeners but to a journalist that's quite a, a big deal or you know if you've got some sort of transfer news you can message david ornstein about it and then you know it, it is a really good kind of collaborative network of reporters so yeah i'm, I'm loving every minute of it at the moment yeah you, you kind of sort of answered my second question there because i was just going to say i mean obviously adam has said you know off the record that t it was getting tough at the echo and you know we know that you were kind of working on your own so yeah just from that point of view with all due respect to you dan obviously as a, a journalist that's got you know some good experience but obviously is keen to develop and learn it must be great to have those sort of people around to not only coach you in terms of contacts but also coach with your sort of writing style and some of the, the sort of offerings you can provide Oh, yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent. And I mean, I'm not I don't want to come on here and, you know, paint the echo in a bad light because, you know, there are there are good people there and, you know, the conditions that it, it's just tough. You know, the the guys taking over to cover Saints is not easy, um, but it just at the athletic, you know, it's every day you're having a phone call with your editor and you're like bouncing ideas off them, you know, and that just wasn't there. You know, at the echo, you kind of left your own device. It was just expected that you know the paper will be done and the website will have stories on it um that was kind of the expectation there wouldn't be any kind of phone calls or anything like that you just did it yourself so it's good to have that kind of network now where you're speaking to people every single day about what you're up to what you're doing what you're working on and another good thing is you know as when you are working on your own like the only person you really listen to is yourself mm. so mm. you know if i pitch an idea to to my editor for example he might come back and be like well if you fall bad at doing it this way this way or this way and then straight from there, you've got, well, that's, you know, it just helps in terms of it, make, it should make for better pieces. Um, you know, for someone that's not ingrained in Saints, like my editor isn't, he's got to be across a few clubs. You know, that really does help when you come to sit down and writing and, you know, trying to 
look for an angle that perhaps hasn't been explored before. Yeah, and uh, obviously just just finally before we talk about the um, subscription side of things, um, I've already seen uh, I, I signed up when you joined Athletic. I'm really enjoying your your stuff and yeah, flicking through some of the other uh, info on there. So we've already seen this week what stories around the goalkeepers, around Alex Parsons, the work he's doing with Danny Ings. Um, obviously you've done your first mailbag and things like that. So a bit more variety for you as well, Dan, in terms of being able to again not saying that you couldn't do it, Echo, but time constraints maybe means that you can actually sort of get out and then find some proper stories and, and really kind of follow up on the good work that Carl was doing last year yeah no absolutely um you know and that's one thing you know I've seen a lot of kind of people in the comment section and on Twitter sort of say you know we hope I hope you can kind of carry on Carl's like brilliant uh, tactical pieces like don't get me wrong in my kind of interview of the athletic I said you know I've I've never had to kind of watch a game and look at the way Danny Ings may run or something like that so you know that I'm not going to lie that may take time to kind of get up to well, probably Carl is obviously very good on tactics and stats and that's never really been my kind of strength so I mean that will take time but you know the guys at the Athletic are aware of that they obviously wanted something a little bit different um, Carl's obviously gone to Manchester so they chose to go down a different kind of route with me but yeah that's the main thing you know he's built up a solid level of kind of readers and it's trying to make sure that they stay and be that hopefully bring some new ones in yeah no brilliant well i think we would all you know i'm sure everyone listening will wish you all the very best of luck with it dan we obviously look forward to signposting some of your uh, stories during the season you can tell us what's coming up in the, the following week and what you've been working on and things like that but just finally again for for people that are maybe listening to this for the first time dan that don't know about the athletic don't know about your work how and where can they subscribe if they want to join this week so uh, when I first joined, I was given a kind of 40% off code uh, that actually runs out on the 31st. So today, I should have coming out tomorrow. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, t- today uh, to get that, it's theathletic.com forward slash Sheldon 40 off. Um, but alternatively, if that, you know, if you want to subscribe on Wednesday or Thursday, then, you know, just click on kind of any store and there should be a thing at the bottom that says, you know, free trial or subscribe here and just follow it that way. This is the Total Saints Podcast, proudly underpinned by our TSP patrons. Now, as I mentioned in the intro, our new TSP Fantasy Premier League is set up for 2020-21. If you'd like to join it and be in with a chance of winning the trophy for this season, just as Marlon did last year and Bob the year before, simply visit www.fantasy.premierleague.com, obviously bearing in mind Dan's uh, information earlier about Man City and Man United. Now, what you'll have to do first is create your team with the £100 million budget. Once you've done that, you can then join our private TSP league by entering the following code. So that's N for November, S for Sierra, H for Hotel, O for October, C for Charlie, A for Alpha. So that's NSH. OCA. I think we've got well over 350 teams already, so I'm sure it'll be very competitive as last year when Marlon Ailing Allen was our champion. As I mentioned, there'll be another TSP trophy this year. I'll have to get one ordered and make sure we've got it ready. So good luck if you do get involved. I'm sure, as I say, you'll do better than Dan, Glenn, Steve and absolutely myself. Now, alongside that, we've also been working the last few weeks on our brand new website this season, www.totalsaints.co.uk. We'll look to develop it as the season goes on. I'm still working on some of the mobile live elements at the moment, so it's very much a sort of minimum viable product on the mobile side. But the desktop version is working brilliantly now, including hopefully creating a, a sort of patrons and partners opinions site um, Total Saints Opinions or something like that should you feel like you've got something about Saints you want to get off your chest positive or constructive on or off the pitch and hopefully we'll be able to add that in whether any of you patrons out there fancy blogging or anything just let me know um, but as I say please do check it out www.totalsaints.co.uk now finally in the essence of time for this episode we're planning to do a once a month patrons only live stream or zoom call of some sort as well once things are up and running for the new season we'll share some more news on that but absolutely want to make sure that the patrons that are signed up are getting some uh, exclusive material above and beyond the normal podcast that will be out on the various channels lastly we've got a couple of brand new features coming for this season as well and we'll look to freshen things up with tsp we'll share a bit more news on that in the next week or so as well but for now let's finish off tsp 126 with some proper saints chat Hi guys, I'm Danny Ings and you're listening to Total Saints Podcast. 
The season hasn't even started yet, but as ever, there's no such thing as a quiet week at Saints. A change of shirt sponsor, the fixtures being released, a rumoured case of coronavirus, and a couple of England call-ups have seen a hectic time in and around Staplewood. Um, Glenn, there feels like only one place to probably start this pod. Uh, another season, another kit fiasco, unfortunately. Um, you know, It sounds like, having listened to Martin Simmons talking to Adam Blackmore earlier this week, that the club have probably tried to make the best of a difficult situation, replacing LD Sports with Sportsbet.io as main club partner and front of shirt sponsor. But it's certainly not an ideal situation. In uh, fact, will probably mean a bit of a logistical nightmare for them, I imagine, with so many shirts already sold. But what do you kind of make of the whole situation? Who could have predicted that LD Sports was slightly dodgy? Um, yeah, it's a big, big, big shock that wasn't it? Um, I know. I mean, to be honest, I don't take a vast amount of interest in it. I just, I just looked at it from the point of view of, you know, we had a sponsorship deal that was worth seven and a half million quid a year, and then suddenly we didn't. And at very short notice, I think there's a bit of a case of beggars weren't able to be choosers. I don't think we would probably choose to have a sports betting company um as our first choice sponsor but you know is it a one season deal only that we've it is that's been signed up yeah so i I think it's a case of for beggars and choosers and we've we've gone for you know we've we've gone for something that could be uh, obviously it was a an opportunity that someone had to take up pretty quickly so uh yeah with regards to what um what happens with the shirts already sold well it, it sounded like the sponsor's name was falling off the old ones anyway so uh Andy. in a lot in a lot of cases but that you know i, I imagine it'll just be a, a straight swap which mm. will uh, be a, a little bit of a financial hit you know in, in, in the grand scheme of things it's not a it's not a huge amount of money but uh yeah it's just it's just one of those things that i guess can happen when you um <laughs> when you sign up for a uh, slightly iffy deal in the first place. Yeah, I think um, Steve Glenn, obviously, as mentioned there, I think if we're honest, and of course we don't know all the information, I'm sure there was uh, you know, much more um, sp- specific conversations that happened between Saints and LD supports than we'll ever be aware of. But, you know, this seemingly sort of even 12 months ago, I think there was a lot of, you know, sort of mythical company uh, sort of environment about them. Obviously, they signed up to be Espanol's uh, sponsor as well. But, um, you know, I think it certainly raised an eyebrow, didn't it, when they signed the deal last year? As Glenn said, you know, it was a, deemed a, a record three-year, 7.5 million per year deal. Um, you know, we, are we surprised that this has happened, that uh, maybe Saints have obviously made the decision to, to move on, as Martin Simmons said? I mean, it's not a huge surprise. I think um, there's... A lot of sort of geopolitics involved in um, in this sort of thing, by the sounds of it, with the Chinese government getting a little bit hacked off at, at the UK market for the whole Huawei 5G nonsense, um, security issues that may or may not exist, and this sort of thing. And as a result, they've put they seem to have put a stop on um, Chinese companies investing in the UK. And as a result, we're kind of a kind of a victim of that. I mean, whether you take the take the view as as I think I I probably do that the LD Sports was a a company set up pretty much solely for the purpose of sponsoring Saints. Then yeah, obviously it's it's frustrating that that avenue of kind of skirting a little bit around the uh, financial fair play issues and also not having to dilute Katharina Liebherr's shareholding in the process. It's frustrating and particularly at, at this time where nobody's really going to be throwing big money around for sponsorship deals when people are losing jobs and and all the rest of it and it's it's difficult and I mean as you said you wouldn't you wouldn't choose to have a sports betting company on there and I I kind of almost think that Saints might have actually taken the taken the moral high ground and said no I tell you what we're go- um, because of this we're going to go we're going to go sponsorless again because we'd rather um we'd rather not have a sponsor than basically be advertising something which does basically kill people. But it was interesting, wasn't it? Because obviously, just briefly to, to finish this, obviously Martin Simmons said to Radio Salient that, you know, without the money from sponsors, etc., etc., players like Carl Walker-Peters don't come in the door and things like that. So they're obviously, you know, from the sounds of it, using that sort of money to help fund some of the transfers. So whilst I totally agree, I mean, I, I was, I think, personally was disappointed that we finally, you know, officially moved to a betting company, whatever LD Sports were. You know, obviously... Um, it did sound like sort of a desperate move in a desperate situation, Steve. Yeah, I mean they've they've I guess from their perspective they've had to do something. I mean the amount that we're getting from from this new company sounds as if it's 
sounds as if it's about five million a year, which is still more than we had from Virgin Media or any of the any of the other previous sponsors. And that money will pay the wage the wage bill for most of the non-footballing staff, I would imagine. So from that perspective, the money is very, the money is obviously very welcome, and it keeps keeps a number of people in sort of more secure jobs, I guess. Um, but ultimately. I mean, I think I think it's a little bit, a little bit disingenuous to suggest that that money is the is the key to um, to one individual player um, joining or otherwise. I th- I'm not sure that's um, that's particularly a, a strong argument um, personally. But but I think um, I mean there there are obviously financial considerations across all aspects of the club, and and it all at the end of the day all the money adds up, doesn't it? Well, we'll see where it goes, of course. Uh, I dare say those in and around uh, the club will be doing as much as they can to resolve it all. Um, moving back onto the, the pitch, Dan, um, Saints have obviously moved early to sign Carl Walker-Peters, as I mentioned, and Mohamed Salasa as well, who we understand won't necessarily be ready and, and fit for the start of the season. But what do you sort of make of those moves, you know, Saints getting them to sort of come in at the start of the pre-season, so to speak, in inverted commas, and, you know, getting them wrapped up early, I guess? Yeah, really important. Uh, it was important for Ralph. Ralph made it clear that, you know, I want the defence is the main area that I need to strengthen. I want them players done before I come back for pre-season. Um, Saints went out and delivered that, essentially. I mean, obviously, Salasu wasn't going to be too complicated because it was a, you know, there was a release clause. So that was always going to be fairly straightforward. I mean, the quarantine was probably more of an issue with that one. Uh, and then Walker-Peters was just a case of them sawing a deal out for Hoiberg. And once that was done and then Saints had the deal for Kai Walker-Peters, so that was straightforward. Yeah, I think Walker, I mean, expect the same sort of team against Palace uh, from what I'm sort of led to believe and told is that Salasu's not training with the first team yet. He's following his own kind of fitness program, getting up to speed. Um, he's certainly one that the club feel is for the future. Uh, I wouldn't expect to see him in and around the first team for the first few games, that's for sure. From that's the information I'm told, um, that can obviously change if there's an injury or something. But yeah, it certainly sounds like they're talking about him as one, not for now, but perhaps three months down the line. Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Uh, I suppose if he's uh, not match fit. Um, I know Philip Krauss from Vancouver Island in Canada has sent us uh, an email asking about Salasu and if we could discuss that. So hopefully that covers off uh, what you wanted there, Philip. Um, yeah, obviously you mentioned uh, Pierre moving on. Uh, we'll wait and see what happens. I know you've tweeted tonight ahead of tomorrow that Mario Lamina and Harrison Reed are wrapping up their moves to Fulham. So we'll we'll see what happens over the coming weeks, Dan. But just in terms of, you know, pre-season inverted commas talking about that I, I guess I just wanted to get your view on you know there's a sort of lack of a, a normal pre-season um, you know whether you think that'll impact the side or you know potentially not having to travel around the world and things like that and obviously they had a, a really positive um, impact when they came back from lockdown didn't they they really hit the ground running in that sort of shortened intense training period at Staplewood so how do you see this sort of you know three or four week period that they're going to get between when they came back and starting the new season but just doing it all at Staplewood I think it'll be absolutely fine um, you know, they could have gone abroad to a European country like Liverpool did or if they wanted to. But, you know, Ralph chose to stay at Staplewood. He wanted to be at Staplewood um, even last in preseason last year. You know, he wanted to spend a certain amount of time at Staplewood after I think they went to Austria, if I'm right. So, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, three or four weeks. I think that's absolutely fine. You know, they had a sort of three month break earlier in the season, so they should be raring to go and like we kind of touched on earlier the way they ended the season I'm sure they'd have all been happy to carry on uh, in all honesty you know obviously Prowsey and Danny is going to go away of England training so they're having a high level of training this week um, in the build up to those fixtures so they should come back feeling fit with a couple of games under their belt hopefully if they play well I, don't, um, I, I suspect they probably won't so actually they're, they're going to get training at a high level but they're also they're not going to be put into the full match situation so they're still going to be fresh for us yeah and I think from what it sounds like is that there'll probably be one more pre-season friendly for Saints and that will just include the players that haven't been called up on international duty basically just to keep them ticking over yeah um, it doesn't sound like there's gonna be too many more games maybe just one maybe two um but I no yeah. Coventry on Tuesday is that that's under 23s from that's, what I'm told. Okay. Uh, that's, I'm, that's supposed to be under 23s from what I was told next weekend possibly there could be another pre-season game but the kind of fixture details haven't been confirmed on that yet so whether that turns out to be the case or not is yet to be known um but no i think they've got more than enough time to get ready for the new season um you know bearing in mind that they 
had three months off so yeah should be fine yeah and obviously uh, fantastic 7-1 uh, win mixed players mixed periods etc against Swansea at the weekend so that'll give them uh, some confidence as well um, Glenn look, just to, to touch on the England call-ups I don't think we should overlook it because I know we're typical biased fans here if, uh, if our players don't get called up for England it's like oh well it doesn't matter anyway you know they just get their heads turned and all that sort of thing and of course when they do get called up we spend five minutes like we're just about to now bigging them up and saying how well deserved it was and uh, absolutely good to see James Ward-Prowse and Danny Ings in the England squad yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, they both deserve to be in there without totally a doubt. Um, Danny, Danny Ings is always going to have a lot of players in front of him because there's a lot of English strikers at the big clubs. So you'll, I mean, I would, I would suggest that Mason Greenwood is much more likely to get on the pitch in these games than Danny Ings is, even though, you know, he's obviously very, very inexperienced. War Prowse is the interesting one. I mean, I said at the tail end of last season, the way he's playing now and the position that he's playing in, he's coming into an area where England aren't particularly strong. Mm. And the one first choice player really is Henderson and he's out. So I think there's, there's a, there's a good chance for, for him to be given a game. But being, seeing the squad that Southgate's picked, he'll probably put War Prowse at left back or something <laughs> stupid like that because he hasn't got one in the squad, yeah, um, which yeah. is something I do not understand for the life of me. Mm. It just makes me feel that he's slightly insane and not <laughs> to be trusted. Yeah. But, um, was Chilwell's in, in, injured, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, 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 Chilwell's, yeah, Chilwell's injured and he's decided... I, I know Shaw's got his fitness problems all the time, but, you know, surely it's worth picking a left back. Mm. Rather, I mean, he's probably... You know, I'm joking about War Prowse, I hope. But I think um, he'll probably play Carl Walker over there, yeah. um, who has somehow got back in the squad despite not playing particularly well at the tail end of last season. So, um, yeah, um, it, that's a strange one. But, yeah, it's, a, it's always a double-edged thing with England and our, and our players. But, yeah, in summary, I don't, I don't think Danny Ings will get many minutes. Um, War Prowse hopefully will. Um, and uh, if, he, if he plays like he, like he has been, um, you know, it looked like he was fairly decent in the highlights that we saw from the Swansea game. It should uh, it should do him some good going forward. Totally. Well, I, I think most importantly, it does, as you say, shows that uh, players don't always need to leave Southampton to get uh, England recognition, which is good. And uh, um, yeah, obviously, Prowse signed a new contract. There's there's reports in the mail today. I won't put down on the spot that Saints are obviously looking at uh, discussing a, a new long-term contract with Danny Ings as well. So we'll see what happens there. But um, Steve, this feels like a really boring question, but I feel like I need to answer uh, ask it. And I'm not asking Glenn for the simple reason that he's going to say yeah they're playing everyone twice but from a fixtures point of view Steve um, what did you make of it from a, a Saints point of view because actually when I looked through it you know it looked like a good balance of sort of winnable fixtures throughout the season you know there wasn't a month specifically where you thought god they're playing four or five of the top six in that month you know write it off type thing it actually looks like you know almost every other game is winnable really on paper yeah I mean I think there was I think there's kind of a period back end of November sort of up up until Christmas where we've got a little bit of a little bit of a sort of horror run of run of games but other than that it's all um it's all not too bad for us mm. um i mean i think the like if you go on the fantasy premier league site they give like if you look on a on a particular player it shows all their fixtures and it gives you a gives you kind of a strength of schedule yeah um rating for each game uh from sort of one one to five well it's usually two to five i think i don't think they actually um insult any team by by giving them giving them a rating of one um but yeah i mean look looking at ours it's two three three two four and then a whole load of twos so theoretically we've got a pretty kind start to the season and we've got spurs chelsea and everton in there but given the games that we've we've played against those sides in the last year or so um i don't i don't see anything really to to fear there it's I mean, there's nothing, there's no game that I would look at that I would say, right, I absolutely expect us to lose. Yeah. Probably until middle of December when mm. we get when we go to Arsenal. Because yep. I mean, let's face it, we never, regardless of how much of a shambles Arsenal are, we never get a result there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, totally. And uh, I mean, Glenn, from your point of view, joking aside, as I say, I, know, I, knew, I absolutely know you would have said, yeah, they're playing everyone twice, which is uh, why I didn't ask you. But I always found myself, Glenn, 34 seasons in, I, the first thing I do when the fixtures come out is I look at that relegation running. So are you the same or are you a bit more positive than that these days? Nah, because as I said earlier, I'm, I'm looking at us being decent this year mm. and not looking at relegation. So I'm, I've actually looked at the first sort of six, seven games yeah. and, you know, Palace, we've done well. Well, Palace, we've done well, but the whole season is going to de- depend on our home form. Yeah. You know, if we, if because we, we're the chances are we're not going to get as many points away from home as we did last year. Mm. So we have to do better at home, 
And so I'm looking at the first few home games, which are Spurs, West Brom and Everton. Now Spurs and Everton, you know, they could, they could go either way, but they're games we should, you know, we should be looking to get something out of. Um, I know we beat Spurs at home last year, Everton we lost. So, you know, I'm looking at the, the, the first sort of like six or seven games. And also from the interest, I mean, the, the main interest for me is fans back in stadiums. Mm. I mean, at the moment they're talking about October, which is the West Brom home game as maybe being one that, you know, so that may possibly be the first one. So that's Yay, shout, of, shouting at the thing in the shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what I'm, you know, what, what my interest in the fixture list is at the moment is, you know, when can I get back into the crowd yeah, yeah, to, no. to watch the team? I mean, just on that, that's, it's interesting because obviously there's not going to be any away fans this year. But th- does that apply to sort of, I mean, part of that would be they don't want people travelling the length and breadth of the country going in, you know, I mean, like Leicester was locked down, for example, a few weeks mm, ago. Mm. So they're, they're not going to want people going into Leicester and then coming out of Leicester again yeah. as away fans. So what happens with, you know, out-of-town home fans who have season tickets? Right. I mean, we joke, we <laughs> joke about, yeah, I mean, we joke about Man United fans all living in Devon or whatever. But if you... Um, I mean, we've got Saints fans living in Croydon. Yeah. We do. I know, that's the back of beyond, that is. But, <laughs> you know, I, it, it's interesting. There's a lot more to come out yeah. on. On from, this from what I've from what I've heard, because I was up in Newcastle at the weekend and I was. Um, <laughs> I um, you should declare that, Steve. But yeah, that's no, fine. It's absolutely oh, right, fine now. Enough, yeah, fine. Um, yeah um, went to an illegal rave. <laughs> no, no, well, <laughs> without a, without a face mask. No, I went I went to two non non league football matches, which was uh, um, a kind of a bit of a breath of fresh air, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> met up with a friend of mine who works for the football who has worked for the Football Sports Association. And basically it sounds as if the plan for the Premier League is actually that away fans will still be allowed. Because ultimately, as you, as Glenn rightly said, there are a lot of, um, a lot of fans of, of teams who travel a long way for home games. Mm. Um, like my mate, he's a, he's a Newcastle fan. And, and he was saying that if you've got, say you, say you had Arsenal against Newcastle, there are probably more people travelling long distance who are Arsenal fans for that game than are Newcastle fans because Newcastle have got a big London supporters club and a lot of their away tickets would would be allocated to them. Mm. So they, they've got nowhere to travel, really, um, whereas you've got potentially 57, up to 57,000 Arsenal fans travelling from wherever. So really, the whole, the whole travel thing is, it's kind of, you can't manage it. It's not, you can't no. say, oh, we're just going to ban away fans. And also, TV, the TV companies will want away fans in there because they're the ones that generate a significant amount of the um, the atmosphere in, in games. So, yeah, I, I, I don't see how any game in the Premier League goes ahead without um, away fans if there are home fans. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, all right, well, just finally then, Dan, uh, obviously we'll preview it properly next week ahead of the game, but... From a Saints point of view, obviously Palace away first game of the season. You know, sometimes you want to avoid maybe the top six and the new promoted sides because they're obviously full of uh, enthusiasm. Steve mentioned earlier that Palace obviously made a, a couple of decent signings and such like. But our record up there is really, really good. You know, probably in terms of uh, going away from home again, building on momentum of last season. It certainly could have been a much, much tougher start to the season, hypothetically for Saints. Oh, absolutely. I think when you look back at last season, I'm... I mean, I might be wrong, but I think they had about 15 points after 15 games. Yeah. And that really just killed them. Mm. You know, absolutely. I mean, the best they were going to get was really where they finished. I mean, you think if, like sort of Steve said, you're kind of looking at that fixture list and you it's not really until you get to December where you think, well, now they've got a, a tough run of games. So I think if they can actually take advantage of that and obviously Palace on the opening day of this season, you'd rather go to Selhurst Park and Anfield. Um, you know, they, they had a good result there in January, if I remember right. Um, yeah. So there's no reason why they can't go there and win. Yeah, I wasn't there for that game. There's no reason why they can't go there and win. And then say Tottenham at home, why not? They could easily beat Tottenham. They did it last season. So yeah, I think it's just the strong start. You know, every every fan of their club wants to see their team start off well. But for Southampton, it just feels that a little bit more important because I think they're a team that, especially with Ralph, that kind of they seem to go on more like runs. If they can build up a decent amount of momentum, yeah, then home or away, I think they're going to be quite a, a tough team to beat. Um, and if they can start off well and get a lot of points on the board early doors, then 
like Steve says, why can't they be the best of the rest and try and finish seventh as opposed to trying to finish like 12th or 10th? Yeah, no, 100%. So, well, let, let's see what happens. As I say, we'll have a, a proper chat through the Crystal Palace uh, game next week, but that's probably enough for this pod. Before we do go, just like uh, last season, let's have a, a wild stab at predicting where we think Saints uh, are going to finish the 2020-21 season then. Um, Dan, let's start with you as our regular weekly guest. Where do you think uh, Saints will finish in the Premier League? Uh, ninth this year. Ninth. All right, cool. We'd absolutely take that, I'm sure. Glenn, what do you reckon? Uh, I'm going to go for eighth. Optimistic because we've got, you know, we've got proper fullbacks now. This is mm. the first time we've had a decent pair of fullbacks, you know, in both sides, probably since Nathaniel Klein left. Yeah. Um, and I think that just what makes was wrong with it, it was crap. Uh, I mean, I mean, if, if you take just won the first trophy of the season. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Uh, so, at, le- uh, at least he was actually entitled to the medal that he took this yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, unlike the FA Cup one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, what's what's wrong with Cedric? Okay, I'll answer that. No, no, I mean, no, we haven't got enough time. No, no, no. Well, it's a new no, season. No. No. The last five years, our right-backs have been Cedric, 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 <laughs> Kuko Martina and Jan Valery. Yeah. You know, that, that's been our three right-backs for the last five seasons, and none of them can defend. So to have Walker-Peters in there, I think, will make a huge difference to us. Yeah. We've got momentum. We've got a very good first 11, question yeah. marks over the depth of the squad. Yeah. But I see no reason why we can't. Yeah, eighth would be good. decent. Brilliant. All right, no, that's good. Um, Steve, what do you reckon? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you could kind of throw a blanket over um, anywhere between eighth and eighth and eleventh. I think for for a realistic aim, I think probably ninth. I think is 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 fair. Get it get it down into single into the single figure places be quite <laughs> right. happy with that no fair enough well obviously I can't be too you know positive so I'm, I'm going to go for double digits and uh, say 10th <laughs> I'm going to go for 10th so uh, that is uh, that is an improvement on last season where I said I think they'd finish 13th so uh, yeah I think uh, hopefully some consistency and I think again we'd take uh, mid-table and uh, push on wouldn't we but uh, look that's our predictions um, what about yours why not let us know via Facebook or Twitter you can find us on Twitter at Total Saints Pod or email us at totalsaintspodcast at yahoo.com and we can read some of them out in the next couple of weeks. This is the Total Saints Podcast, proudly underpinned by our TSP patrons. Well, thank you for listening to this first Total Saints podcast of the new season. It's good to be back. Hopefully, whether a regular listener or a new listener, you've enjoyed it. Big thanks to Glenn, Steve and Dan for their thoughts and views. Just to reiterate, all our thanks again to you great TSP patrons out there for your support. Also to say thanks to Alex, who will be editing and producing our pod for this season. A massive time saver for me. Don't forget the Fantasy Premier League TSP invite and also to check out www.totalsaints.co.uk. If there is anything you'd like to see on there, let us know. Total Saints podcast at yahoo.com. Otherwise... We'll be back next week when, if all goes to plan, we'll hopefully have something or someone special to chat with. We'll also preview the first game of the season versus Crystal Palace. Until then, this has been Total Saints Podcast, going to the heart of all things Saints FC. Have a good week and keep marching in. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.